an Edmonton City Councillor, Michael Jans, requested the information from administration when the EPL um, had requested more funding during budget deliberations uh, during the end of 2022. And um, the 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 data in the report, I guess, was up to date uh, to the beginning of December, but the CEO of the EPL says, okay, you know what, let's just take a, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit and take a closer look at what exactly is going on here uh, with the realization that the Edmonton Public Library is not the only library in Alberta, in Canada, or North America, for that fact, that is dealing with some of these I issues. Uh, Pilar Martinez joining me this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's let's take a closer look at this and let's get into it. So $1.5 million, that seems like a big number, but break it down for me a little bit about where a lot of that money was going. You. Thank you for asking that question, Jillian. So we were requested to provide this information by City Council sort of in preparation for discussions they were having with the province and when we were presenting the budget back in December. So we actually compiled the report. And I think it's important not to assume that all of these costs uh, go towards dealing with mm -hmm. you know, the social challenges that our city is facing. Um, our security, is, they do a number of things beyond dealing with mm -hmm. incidents, like make sure doors are open and, and locks are, um, things are unlocked and they, they greet folks and they walk around to make sure the, the space is safe for for everybody in the space. So it's not only dealing with uh, with challenging things. So, and this was, this was a preliminary uh, investigation. So we did it in about 24 hours to make sure that we um, provided council the information they needed. So, oh. yeah. All right. So um, the fact is, though, there was, there is like naloxone. There's naloxone training, all of that there sort is. of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, but that's important, of course, if you're in a downtown environment, I think these days or any environment. It is. I mean, I, I think there's, there has been a significant increase in incidents, um, particularly in 2022 compared to previous years. That's been the highest that we've ever recorded in our history of tracking mm. incidents. So, and I think we are really just reflecting what's happening in our downtown core and in, in other areas of our city that are more socially vulnerable. And I think libraries, because we're so service oriented, um, we are trying to do our best in terms of uh, supporting some of these situations that are really um, kind of beyond our mandate. Um, but absolutely, uh, we work with a number of different organizations across the city to, to help in addressing these situations. They are incredibly complex. If, they, mm -hmm. if the solution was that simple, we would have found one already. Yeah, and, and Pilar, I wanted to talk to you about that because when I walk by, um, let's say, the Milner Library, when I'm downtown, when I'm going over to get my hair done, not far from the, not far from the library, you know, you see a lot of people. It is, it is a gathering spot. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a warm place. It's a safe space, and it's a, um, it's a sheltered space. So, what added requirements um, or pressures or training is there for your staff in, 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 in handling that? Well, I mean, I, I, this is really challenging for staff when they're mm -hmm. dealing with, with things like mental health. Uh, outbursts as a result of mental health or other situations that come up that 
um, and they are uh, trained. I mean, this, this, the well-being of our staff is a, a, a major priority, the number one priority, as well as for the customers. And, and we've implemented a, a significant amount of training over the years. Um, naloxone for those who have first aid training is, is one of them, but also, you know, critical incident debriefing. So when there is an incident that there, there are mechanisms in place for staff to be able to debrief and um, make sure that they have some closure if an incident is particularly upsetting. Um, we, there's, there's all dif- dealing with difficult situations. Um, that's been training that we've had for years because it could be just a customer who's had a bad day that yeah. ends up having an outburst um, with a with a staff member, um, mental health first aid though managing aggressive mm. behaviors, um, de-escalation. There's there's all kinds of, of uh, training that's provided to staff to help them um, feel confident and be in a better position to address some of these challenging issues. So I, I think one of uh, one of the things that um, ha- had come out of this report, which again you said you put together in in 24 hours for for council and. And maybe it's you know could be a little bit more fulsome, or you know it's important not to um, you know have your eyes totally pop out. Uh, at right. It. But, the fa- but the fact of the matter is, is that you know there there are some things that are happening, but there you know I'm afraid that it could be politicized as well. And you know the, the question about who then should pay for some added resources at the at the library comes up. And 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 and, and so how do you ha- tackle that? And and what do you say to that when people are saying, okay, well, it should be the province or it should be the city? Yeah. What do you look at? <laughs> Such a such a good question, Jalen, and I think we know that these these are complex, wicked problems that require um, many stakeholders to be involved. And it isn't just one kind of entity that's responsible. It's a multi-layered, multi-dimensional um, problem that requires that same multi-dimensional solution. And this is an issue, as you mentioned, that is. Uh, is 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 being faced across North America. I just got an email just before this interview mm-hmm. about a library journal summit that is being planned on safety and security. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm heading a uh, uh, steering up uh, task force on safety and security for the Canadian Urban Libraries Council. It was a major topic of discussion at the Urban Libraries Council. These are these are organizations that represent large urban public libraries, and this is this has been an issue that's been faced by libraries for the last you know decade or more. And I think it's just gotten more intensified um, as a result of the pandemic and other things. And I think. Um, there, we, we would be happy to be part of the solution. We, too, are part of the solution. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, whoever has a magic... There is no magic bullet. No. And, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. multi-layered, and it's going to take uh, some time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, Pilar, yeah. what do you say to those folks who might, uh, who might hear this and go, oh, that makes me a little nervous maybe to, to go back to the library? I what know. Do you tell them? And, that's, and that's what I worry, too. I worry I about know. that. I, I worry about that, and I think we are open to everybody. We're welcoming to everybody, and we need everybody who uses a library to see themselves in our space. And we can't have a predominant of one sector over another. So we need folks to come back. And I think to remember that while we have seen an in- increase in incidents, and, and I'm not sort of diminishing the severity or the, or the intensity for staff, 
it does represent less than 1% of our visits. Mm -hmm. So to remember that, and the, and the more folks who are using our spaces and who are coming downtown in particular, I think the better off the whole downtown will be. So it, it is a balance, and uh, we know there's an issue, and um, we need everybody to, to help out. So on that front, uh, what's happening other than, you know, this talk at the EPL these days? Is there Are there things coming up that you want people well, to know about? I would love, yes, we'd love to. So, you know, as part of the budget, Jalen, we were so happy to be able to get funding to expand our hours of operation on Sundays. So we're hopeful um, by the end of the, you know, in spring to be able to offer that additional uh, morning hours. And we know for working families that often have that Sunday is that day that they can come down and, and spend some time with their kids or their or their spouse or their friends or whoever at the library, that, that this will be a great um, opportunity. And we've also been able to expand our early literacy program. And that's a program that we do with Alberta Health Services. And that's where libraries make the biggest difference yeah. um, instead of being reactive and, and um, it's with early literacy we know there's so much research that talks about the impact of, of early literacy and kids who can read in grade three do better in life and that's where we want to be spending our time. Well I can tell you when I was a kid I spent uh, most of my time in the school in uh, the library at Sir John A. Macdonald Public School in Belleville Ontario and helped reorganize all of the books. The library has always been one of my favorite places to be and books are still one of my favorite things to do and to, to just crack open and, and hold and uh, they just transport me to this day and I, I know I'm not alone with that. So Pilar, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for giving us an update on this and I really look forward to seeing you all soon. You bet. Thanks, Jaylin. Really yep. appreciate you taking the interest. Take good care. Yeah, Bye -bye. take good care. All right.